Have you been wanting to redevelop your website but just don't have the money? Maybe you want to get professional help with your marketing, finance or business strategy or you've got some amazing project or piece of equipment that needs funding. For most small business owners, applying for a government grant is seen as way too hard or they don't believe that anyone in their right mind would want to give them money that didn't have to pay back. Well, today I have a surprise in store for you with some expert help from the amazing Julia Spicer, who has helped to bring almost $10 million to businesses and community organisations in regional Australia through her grant writing support. Stay tuned because you're definitely not going to want to miss this one. The Simply Standout Marketing Podcast is for you, the small business owner wanting to supercharge your marketing with simple, actionable strategies and inspiration so you can smash your goals and grow your business. Now it's your turn to discover what actions to take to make your business truly stand out and succeed. Let's get started. Hello, and thanks for joining me today on the podcast. For those of you new here, I'm Nikki O'Mara, your host and founder of Simply Stand Up Marketing. I've worked in marketing communications for over 25 years, established my own small businesses, and know from firsthand experience that there's a hard way and an easy way to grow your business. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with experienced grant writer and all-round fun and inspiring woman, Julia Spicer, who takes the pain out of applying for grants so you can get on with growing your business. Never one to settle for ordinary, Julia is the founder of three regional businesses based in the lovely town of Gundawindi in Queensland. She's got Engage and Create Consulting, the Gundawindi Business Hub, and most recently, The House. Julia's passion for contributing to the vibrancy and the viability of rural and regional Australia really shines through in absolutely everything she does. Government grants can open up so many opportunities for businesses and aren't something you should be scared of applying for, which is why it's time for us to talk about what goes into a successful grant application, the mistakes to avoid and the winning strategies to use, as well as where to go for help. Now, I just want to point out this episode is specific to Australian government grants, but for those of you outside of our beautiful country, I still believe you'll find a lot of value in Julia's experience and her knowledge that she shares that can translate to many countries around the world. So let's get into the good stuff. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for joining us on the Simply Stand Up Marketing Podcast today. Thank you very much for having me, Nikki. It's wonderful. Look, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Sure. So uh, my business, Engage and Create Consulting, really works across rural and regional communities uh, with small businesses, community groups or industry associations who are looking at taking their idea, uh, a project idea that they might have, something that they want to be implementing in their business and helping them to be able to implement it really. And I guess a big part of what we do is help them find funding for that idea or project or, or new innovation that they want to be able to have, which is, um, which is what we'll talk about today. Yeah, look, applying for grants is something that, you know, there's only a small number of businesses that actually do apply for grants and there's so many wonderful ideas out there. Look, for most small businesses, 
applying for grants is often seen as you know way too hard and they think why would anyone give me money i know i've i've definitely had those thoughts how hard is it really to be successful in receiving a grant and what are they missing out on by not applying So, Nikki, when we're talking with people around grants, I will often um, talk about it in terms of think about how it fits into your business model. Um, Is is, uh, looking for grants, regardless of whether it's from a state or federal government or a philanthropic group or whatever, you need to really make the decision as to whether you want that to be part of your business model or not. Because at the end of the day, lots of us have gone to the bank manager in the past and asked for some um, funds and a, and a loan to be able to do something to help us grow our business. We need to think about grants in a similar way uh, because at the end of the day, it's somebody else's money. It's your and my taxpayers' dollars often that are funding that project. And so we need to... Um, uh, be a bit more proactive and a bit more strategic, I guess, around where we want grants to play a role in our business and, and what that looks like. So, so the first mm-hmm. thing that I will often do with the business is get them to think about it as another income stream for their business. And then what does that mean? And what do we need to think about in that regard? So it's time consuming for sure. Uh, and, and you will be expected to have some documentation and some, some concepts behind you in terms of what this project might be that you're looking for funding for, for your business. Um, and I guess that's part of being really clear around where is your business going and what are you doing and how do grants then become part of that, but part of your business model for that, um, that particular project. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Look, that absolutely does because a lot of us, I suppose, think, "Oh, yeah, it'll just be a quick cash grab." But at the end of the day, it's absolutely not. It's got to have a benefit for those actually providing the money, and a benefit for your business to actually make you stand out so that you can actually get that grant. Um, what are some of the types of projects that you've been successful? in gaining grants for and and what do you think made them stand out uh well i guess the other the other big piece and you just touched on it around benefits is we also need to show how the grant not only benefits our own business but potentially benefits the broader community uh and so and so that can look different for different businesses so let me use a few examples so we worked with um the aged care facility here in Gundawindi, Coloma Home for the Aged, and we helped them uh, write a grant to for federal government funding to do an extension of the uh, of the aged care facility here, and we got. $4.4 million roughly out of federal government funding to take on that work. Now, there's some, there's some benefits to that individual organization to not have to find $4.4 million. But the other part that we had to talk about really clearly in that grant was what was the broader benefit? What were the job opportunities that would come from a construction project that size in a community the size of Gundawindi during a drought? Uh, what's the flow on impact in terms of what other businesses impact uh, a benefit from that sort of a project? So the Mitre Tans and the Mackenzies and the council and the furniture stores and the carpet stores and the every other 
community, you know, that $4.4 million stayed in town Mm -hmm. and was spent in all of those other businesses. So it was really important to put that forward because at the end of the day, from a taxpayer's perspective, they want to know that there are there are ongoing and community public benefits to those dollars. We could then talk about once the construction's done, how many more jobs there'll be. You know, we need so many more people in the kitchen. We need so many more nurses. We need a gardener. We need all of these extra people to help manage the fact that we've doubled this um, business. And then the other part of the community benefit is obviously that means that 40 more families can keep their older loved ones within the Gundawindi community because we actually have beds for them at the aged care facility. So on a really broad scale, that's an example of, you know, of the sorts of grants that we can get. If I can use a smaller example, uh, my own business, we applied for some funding um, a couple of years ago to be able to redo our website. You know, we wanted to be able to, um, we wanted to do our website and, um, and, we would have funded that regardless, but there was a grant out at that time and um, what we were able to do was to take advantage of that. So instead of me having to pay the full amount for the new website, I ended up paying half of it. And so the benefit mm-hmm. there to to that project, you know, it certainly wasn't $4 million, um, but, <laughs> you know, um, a, you know, a $15,000 project, what I could talk about in that regard was, Uh, what it meant in terms of me being able to grow the capacity of my business. So if I'm making more money as a business, I'm paying more tax. That's what governments like to have. If I'm making more money, I might employ another person. That's what they like to know about. They particularly like if state, you know, there's always a bit of healthy competition between the states. So as a um, Queensland-based business, you know, I'm able to have a bigger footprint and therefore compete with maybe businesses similar to mine in New South Wales or Victoria, something like that. So, you know, we get to tell a bigger story about that impact of what this website might actually do for my business and what that means for the greater community. Yeah, and that's fantastic because I I suppose I hadn't really thought about the community side of things and that makes absolute sense because no one's going to give you a grant if there's no benefit to the wider community to employing other people to growing. It's not all about you and I think that's a a really important thing to remember. So so we want to make sure in grants that we can show that our business is a low risk to the funder. Yeah, we are we are good at doing projects and finishing them. We you can google our business name and you're not going to find that we go bankrupt every 3 years. You'll google our name and find that our staff aren't complaining about us on social media. You know, we're a low risk <laughs> for somebody for a state or federal government to enter into a project with. So we need to think about that at a very business-focused level. But then what we really want to do is tell the story about how our business growing and improving and expanding um, is going to benefit more people around us. That's that's really the piece that we often will see that businesses miss. And I think it's a bit of a regional thing, Nikki. I don't know. You would see it with some of the businesses that you do marketing with, I think. You know, often we're really good at just getting on and doing what we do, but we forget to tell people all of the great things that we do. 
<laughs> I see it absolutely every single day. So because I think it also might be an Australian thing as well um, because when I talk to to friends and colleagues in, in the States and Canada and, and the UK, um, Australians very much like to keep our head down. You know, we're just doing our thing. We we don't need to shout shout out how good we are, or um, it's that tall poppy syndrome that that Australians just don't love. And and we need to turn that around and go. Okay, we need to stand out. We actually to grow as businesses, we really do need to stand out and, and stand up and say, okay, well, this is why we are really good at what we do. And, um, you know, that's a lot of the work that I do. Definitely. Now, you were, talk, you were talking about um, being a low risk uh, government's looking for low risk applicants. Is there a a year, I know you probably can't put a figure on it, but do they prefer businesses that have been around for, you know, two or more years or the longer the better? Anything along those lines or just depends on the grant? Yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good question, Nikki. And I guess it does depend on the grant, but there's a couple of rules of thumb. And this is the world according to, according to Julia and, um, <laughs> and what we've, what we've seen over, um, oh, I don't know. I guess I have been writing grants for groups for 20 years, really, ever since from working with land care groups to now working with small businesses. Um, the smaller the amount of money they're asking for, so if it's a five or $10,000 grant, they are not going to need as much. They're not going to do as much due diligence on you because otherwise what ends up happening, and we know in our own businesses sometimes, they don't want to spend $10,000 worth of staff time to administer a $10,000 grant. It is not worth it. So the smaller mm. the grant, the less they will ask for because it is a lower risk and they're wanting to get as they're wanting to generally get more grants out there and look really good on social media or on the front page of the courier mail or whatever it might be. So <laughs> the, the smaller the grant, the less they're going to ask for and potentially the the wider the criteria of that grant will be. So when we're talking about micro businesses or often I get asked by sole traders, um, you know, when are there grants out that I'm eligible for? It'll be those smaller grants, and 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 that's because as a sole trader, you're seen as more risky than a company or a trust or a partnership. Um, so it it literally comes down to your business structure there. So the smaller the grant, the less they'll ask for, and the more generally um, people can can access those. The the bigger the grant. So when we're looking at a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, or into the millions of dollars of grants. Um, they, they want more information. They want multiple years of financial, um, you know, financial records. They want a letter from your accountant to say that, you know, Julia has the funds. This isn't just Julia saying she has the funds to do this project. It's also the accountant saying that she has the funds. So the bigger the project, the more money you're asking for, the more they're going to ask you to, um, the more information they're going to ask you for to be able to show that there is a good, strong likelihood of you being able to deliver on this project. Mm. Well, that makes total sense. Absolutely. Now, if you've never written a grant application before, how long does it typically, typically you know, take to write one? 
Well, um, it's a really good question, Nikki. And I guess, um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at something that might be, um, you know, you'll, you'll spend the same, often you will spend the same amount of time on a $50,000 project as you will a $500,000 project. So, so once you get to a point, the questions are the same. It's, it's the amount of detail that you want to go into. Uh, but, but think about it a bit like a uni assignment. Well, actually, that's probably a really bad example because I would leave all of my uni <laughs> assignments to the last minute. Um, and then copy from a friend. Uh, so maybe don't, <laughs> don't do that. Um, no, but no. I guess we need, you know, yeah, we need to think about, um, we need to think about how, uh, how determined you are that you want to be able to get this grant. So we will often say you want to leave yourself as much time as possible. So it may only take you four or five hours to write the grant, but you might need three weeks to do that. There's some research you want to do. You want to send off and get a letter of support from your local chamber of commerce. You um, you want to do a draft and send it to a friend uh, so that they can have a look at it and get it back to you. You know, so there's a little bit of work that goes with it. Equally, if we're asking for $100,000 of money, that is not a loan. We get to keep. We don't ever have to return that. That's that's four or five hours of work over three weeks is probably a pretty good return on investment, I reckon. So um, I, I oh, often absolutely. will say to people, yeah, so the other thing too that we often will see is that people start every funding application like it's the only one that they've ever written. And once we've done a few of these, we know we can reuse a lot of the information. And again, this is where working with somebody like yourself, Nikki, makes it so much easier for businesses. They have information on their website that they forget about. So, in, so instead of sitting there and trying to spend an hour on writing about us and the history of our business, we can copy and paste that off a website. Uh, and once we have that, we can save it in a Word document and a file that says grant information. And next time we apply for a grant, we absolutely use that same, that same, those same words, that same content. Yes, because at the end of the day, there's so many grants that come up year after year that, I mean, obviously probably can't apply for the same grant. Uh, but there's so many different ones and, and different levels of government, as well as there's foundations out there if you're a startup or there's, there's a lot out there when you really start looking. Absolutely. So I always send everybody to a website called Indigo Gold and it's run by a lady called Prue Saxby. And Prue has some um, uh, fee-for-service uh, activities that she does in this grant writing space and she also has a whole lot of free resources. Now, as we all know, not every idea is a good one. How do you decide whether you have a good idea or that a client of yours has a good idea that has a decent chance of being funded or not? Yeah, this is a really good question. And so I guess the reality is um, this is where it's really important that as the business owner or the manager or whoever you are in the business, you are really clear around why that particular project is occurring. So what kind of sends a little shiver down my spine is when I get a call from people and they're like, we've seen a grant out for a hundred grand. Can you write an application for us? And I go, sure. What is the project? And they're like, oh, we don't really have one, but there's a hundred grand and we want it. And I'm like, <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> it's not Christmas. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the idea. Thing. 
Exactly. So, so sometimes we will have businesses come to us and the idea is brilliant and it's fantastic, but it's just not at the right stage for it to be grant ready. So the, the grants are wanting to fund something that's already at a commercial stage and you're still at trialing this new app or program or something or other. Or you're too far down the path. They are ready to, they only want to fund projects that are at a um, testing stage and you're already at commercialized stage. So, so this is where reading the guidelines and understanding things are really important. And again, it doesn't mean that your idea isn't good. It just means it's not going to fit that, that project. And, and we want to think about applying for grants a little bit like we would a marketing exercise. So, so often again, I hit people will say to me, Oh, well, we don't know whether we'll get it or not, but let's just throw our hat in the ring and see how we go. And, um, and I'll say, I wish you well. We probably don't need to work with you on that. There's no point you paying us because we are pretty mm. sure you're not going to get funded. And also you don't want to be known as the business in. Brisbane or Canberra or Sydney or wherever you're applying to for a grant, you don't want to be known as the business that, you know, didn't really have a well thought out project, didn't really make sense. You didn't actually have half of the materials that you needed to attach with it. So it's less about whether the idea is good or not and more about is it ready for the grant that you're particularly looking at. And the piece that I really encourage people to think about is this piece around what is the broader benefit to community uh, for as a result of the work that you are doing. Um, and, and we can look at COVID as a really good example of what's, what's happening at the moment and where governments are interested in funding uh, particular activities based on what's happening, uh, you know, what happened during COVID. So if you're a regional tourism person, um, if you were thinking about starting a farm stay or an Airbnb or you've been looking at that kind of thing, that's going to be really fundable mm. in the next couple of years while we're not all traipsing off to New Zealand and Bali and overseas and all of the rest of it. So the tourism piece will be really big. And the other thing that COVID showed us was that manufacturing, we need to rebuild our manufacturing industry in Australia. And so anything that you're doing or making, that means that you're not reliant on something from overseas, that's going to be another thing where, you know, whether it's a good idea, but that's going to be very fundable, I think, in, um, if you know, currently and also into the future. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. If you can actually look at what the government, so if you're applying to a state government, what are their what are they really focused on at the moment, Correct. I suppose, is, is what you're, you're looking at. And that makes total sense because there's no point, they're not going to give money or they're going to be more inclined, I suppose, to give money to someone where their focus is right at this point in time. And also remembering their focus changes as quickly as governments change and, yep. Yep. <laughs> and the Correct. times change too. Correct. Correct. No. Now, what do you find small business owners struggle with the most when it comes to writing the grant applications? Um, so, so sometimes what we find is it is some of that documentation that sits around them. They, they know where their business is going, but it's not documented in a business plan. 
Uh, and, and that's something that will often be asked to be attached, you know, so, so we need a business plan or a strategic plan. We need something documented that shows that this particular project or this stage of work that we are doing is part of something bigger in our business. So again, we didn't wake up yesterday and think, you know what, we're going to get into apps. Um, if that's not ever been part of our story, because the likelihood of that succeeding, uh, is low or the likelihood <laughs> of that happening on time is low. Uh, and so, um, you know, the, the piece around some of this documentation. So again, I say, if you've developed a business plan or you've got a strategic plan, and often we do some of those things for a bank manager or we've done it for some other reason, um, save that somewhere because we'll need it for our grants. Um, so, so sometimes what lets people down, Nikki, is the documentation. They don't, you know, and if we've got two weeks to write a grant, we don't also want to be having to come up with a business plan at the same time. So, so often we sort of encourage people if they don't have any, everything ready for this round and it's a possibility to hold off and apply for a future round of that same grant. So if, you know, if you're not quite ready for round three, spend the next six months getting yourself ready because we know that there'll be another round and then you're right ready to go for round four. You've got everything ready to roll. Um, so that's certainly some of it. And then the other piece is around getting support to help with some of the writing. So that doesn't always need to be a grant writer, somebody like yourself who is actually helping them pull the important parts of their story together and then being able to articulate that really clearly is is the other really important part of this. So often people think grants, you know, you have to have a PhD in English literature, literature to do it. <laughs> and there's a bit of a fairy tale around that. And I don't know how it started, but realistically, we need to remember that people reading the grant application are sitting somewhere else. They don't know what it's like to be a small business in Gundawindi. They don't really understand the lay of the land here. They don't really understand agriculture or ag tech or whatever it is that we're applying for. So we actually need to simplify it and make it as clear as possible uh, rather than using lots of big words and making things sound more complicated than they are because uh, that actually can sometimes do us a disservice when it comes to people reading and understanding what it is we're actually wanting to do. Look, it makes total sense to actually try and simplify the process. If you've got um, your business plan ready and even a marketing plan, I find so many businesses actually don't have things like their mission statement written when I when I come in or their values or uh, plans along those lines. So, and they take time, uh, unfortunately. So, but it's a, also a really good exercise for them to get those plans happening so that they can apply for grants because grants can do so much to build and, and grow your business without having to repay loans and, and all the rest of it. Now, there are quite a few general funding programs to help grow small businesses, which we have touched on a bit today. Um, with people being able to apply for funding for things like, you know, marketing strategy, website development, as you discussed, and even financial advisory, how do businesses stand out from all the other applicants for these type of programs to ensure they actually have a higher chance of success? 
Uh, yeah, it's a really good question. And there is actually um, more and more we will see that there are grants around for support, for business advice, for uh, exactly the services that you're talking about, marketing, uh, HR and employment sort of thing. Because at the end of the day, if we think about the why, why would governments at a state or federal level support people to access that for free is because they want viable businesses, right? They actually want businesses to sustain, to make money, to employ people, to be vibrant in a community because that's that's what they need. It becomes very expensive for governments if that's not happening in a business community. So we'll, they're wanting to make sure that that happens for, for SMEs across the country. So, so keep that front and center. So for the likes of you and I, Nikki, we get to actually use that as part of our own business growth and business development. Um, you know, when there's a project that's out where businesses can access marketing support, that that's really great for you. Hey guys, apply for this grant. You'll mm. get five grants worth of free marketing and then come and see me and I'll uh, be able to, you know, that gives us an opportunity to work together for the next, you know, couple of months or whatever it might be. So there's, there's multiple ways that that benefits businesses. Um, in terms of what helps us stand out from the crowd is this piece around we are really clear about who we are, we're really clear about why we do what we do, and we're really clear about what this means um, in terms of that public benefit. It really is as simple as being crystal clear around around what that looks like. The fact then that we can talk about, um, and I'm conscious people listen to this podcast from all over the place, but I am pretty parochial, as you know, uh, Nikki. So the <laughs> fact that if you're rural, remote or regional, we're pretty popular at the moment. If you're a woman, we're pretty popular at the moment. If you're, uh, if there's any sort of um, uh, migrant women in business or uh, migrant people in general starting a business, pretty um, a pretty key demographic that lots of the governments are wanting to be able to support. Maybe not the federal government, but certainly at a state level, at some of the state levels. So, so if you fit into a particular demographic that government is desperately trying to engage better with then that needs to be front and center in your application as well. So you can see this really does become a marketing PR pitching exercise as much as it does a writing and applying for funding for a new website or whatever it might be. As a small business owner, you just don't have enough time yeah. to to everything and uh, a lot of the time with when it comes to grants, people just go, I don't have the time to do it. But then if you turn it around and go, okay, but the benefit to you is if you could get a, you know, a brand new website or, um, or, or your financial advice or, or HR help or whatever it happens to be, if you can get, say, $10,000 for that, that is worth, um, every, you know, the five hours or that, that they would need to put in and, and paying you know, the likes of you or, or other grant writers and actually putting that in because at the end of the day, $10,000 is still $10,000 or $100,000, however much you can actually apply for. It does make a difference if it's well thought out rather than just doing a money grab because that's never going to work. Correct. And I think the other thing too is, so we will often, um, uh, you know, we will charge people 
to submit the grant. Other grant writers will say, we'll only pay us if we win the grant or whatever. We didn't, we've never done it that way. And the reason being, Nikki, is it's actually a really good strategic exercise for a business to go through. They end up with some really good content for a website. If they haven't reviewed their website, they've got some marketing information. They've also got some really good documented uh, information about their business uh, that if the grant isn't successful, we can help them rejig it and reapply, uh, or they can use that information in multiple different ways. So I think that's one of the other things is this is a, this is a useful exercise, uh, for, for a range of different things, particularly if you can use that content in multiple areas. And then the one other thing I should say, uh, particularly for small businesses, and, and you and I are great examples of that, you know, with our $10,000 new website, it's unlikely we're going to then be able to employ three more people. You know, that's not likely to happen. So, so we can admit that. But what it does mean is we get mm. to hold on to the people that we do currently employ. So often, particularly in rural and regional areas, what we might say is, you know, as a result of this project, or if this project was to get funded, we actually are not going to be employing any new people, but it means that we can really confidently hold on to the three guys we've got working in our welding and fabrication business, or we can put on a school-based apprentice as part of our, you know, building business or whatever it might be. It doesn't always need to be that we're going to do all of this astronomical growth. It may well be that this actually means that we can hold on to everybody we've got now. So, so you also don't want to talk up stuff if it's not actually going to be the case, if you're not actually going to be employing all of these extra people. <laughs> Um, and just really think about, you know, at the end of the day, what the government's buying with these grants is sustainable and profitable businesses. They're wanting to support mentally well business owners. They're wanting to make sure people understand their financial, um, you know, have good financial literacy, et cetera, et cetera. That's actually what they're wanting to buy with some of these grants. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, the more businesses, the more small businesses that succeed and that grow, the more taxes they pay, the more people they employ, which money then goes you know, back into the economy. And so I can understand it. And you, I did always wonder about why they gave money for things along you know, some of the smaller day-to-day -day stuff or you know, your marketing or websites and financial advice and things along those lines. But it just makes so much sense to me now after talking with you because really if they can grow small businesses and sustainable, you know, lower risk small businesses that actually have a really good chance of succeeding, then they're going to make more money and it's better for the community. So I, I do like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the way that we can then sort of think about, you know, well, why would they be interested in what I'm doing? Um, you know, why would I be a, a viable option for this particular project? And then that gives you the opportunity to kind of go from there and think about, well, how, how do I then put this information across? Yeah. And what have your clients, because you've been doing this for a long time now, what have your clients found to be some of the biggest benefits of having a professional grant writer develop their grant applications for them? 
Uh, so I guess you touched on it before, you know, it's that time piece so we can sit and have a meeting and go through what is it that they want, what are they going to do, and then we can go off and do it for them so they can buy in an extra set of arms and legs for that process. Uh, so so that time and efficiency piece is really important. Uh, we will often become a bit of an extension of a, of a marketing team or a or a business development team for some businesses where they want us to keep an eye out for grants that they might be eligible for because we have lots of emails coming our way or we follow all of the pages that we need to on social media or whatever that might be. So so often they'll see that as an advantage so they don't have to spend time and energy researching either. Uh, and, and often it is a bit of a, um, it's a teamy thing as well. And again, you would see this with some of your clients, you know, it can be pretty lonely in small business. And if it's only you <laughs> at the top of the tree or it's only you full stop, having somebody else who's coming in and, uh, working with you and helping you look at, you know, what's this going to mean for your business? That actually builds a bit of team. Um, you know, we get to, we get to be part of a team for a while with a small business to help them with this. So, so I guess there's a few reasons. Uh, and let's face it, the other reason is that, you know, we can help people get cash. <laughs> Uh, so yeah there's also that which is what you do they they like us for our they like us for our uh, humor they really like us for our ability to bring them some money (laughs) well that's always a good one but look I I must say when I first started out uh like I set up my first business in back in 2002 so long time ago and it's one thing that I always regret that you always held on to to money and just going, oh no, it's okay. I'll do it. I'll do. I'll do everything. Whereas nowadays, very different outlook in terms of okay, I go okay. I need a grant. Yes, I I could very easily. I've written many grants before, um, a long time ago, but it's one of those things where you know what the time it would take me. It's, I would be better off, uh, giving that to someone, to an expert, to a professional grant writer and going, can you do this for me? Cause this is what you live and breathe every single day. And it's the same with, with people employing me as a marketing consultant. It's what I live and breathe every single day. I know the ins and outs. Um, same with your financial advice. You go to an accountant, you, uh, and legal. It's, I always think it's so good to actually, invest the money. It's not a huge amount of money, but the return can be, and the benefit to your own business can be huge. Yeah, it's ex- you're exactly right. Because at the end of the day, you know, we've got funding for an algae farm, for an aged care facility, for uh, for internet and connectivity towers, um, for toilet block at a showgrounds. Do you know what I mean? Like the range of projects <laughs> that we've been part of is pretty wild. Uh, but the common thing there is we can ask the questions that need to be asked. We can um, we can answer questions uh, using the right sort of language that will help people, and and we can help people make that process not nearly as painful as it needs to be. And at the end of the day, anything that can take the pain away from from growing a small business is always beneficial in my mind. Exactly. Now. Julia, where can people find out more about you? Uh, so I think probably our social media is the best 
place to send people. So our Facebook page is Engage and Create Consulting, and we will often share grants um, that are available on that Facebook page. Um, sometimes they'll be for business, sometimes they'll be for community groups. Um, but yeah, I think our Engage and Create Consulting Facebook page is probably one of those spaces. And people can certainly then go through and end up on our mailing list and we, and we send people, um, you know, sort of targeted information that they might want in relation to grants and things like that. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for joining us and for giving us so much information and, and all your knowledge and expertise sharing with us. So it's been wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Nikki. The other thing, if people are really interested, we've got some downloadable resources on the website and there's a whole list of questions around, you know, what will grant, uh, you know, what will people ask with a grant application? So that might be the other spot that people want to go to. But thank you for having me. And I think, you know, this is a great service that you are providing for small businesses to be able to give them this information um, through your podcast. So well done. Oh, thanks so much, Julia. You're very kind. Now, that uh, link to your download, I'll actually put in the show notes so people can just click straight through to it. So, beautiful. Thank you, Julia. And I hope we'll catch up with you again soon. Look forward to it, Nikki. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Simply Stand Out Marketing Podcast. Head over to simplystandoutmarketing.com for the show notes, downloads, and even more great stuff to help you grow your business with marketing made simple.